This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Hello, everybody. We have a great show, everybody. We have four brilliant contestants that are going to be up here playing our nerdy games. They are currently backstage cleaning everything with disinfectant wipes because they are smart. Uh, And one of them will be our big winner. I'm cleaning everything with disinfectant wipes. Are you nervous about the the coronavirus? So this is the thing. I I was on a plane recently, sat down beside this guy. We looked at each other. We both pulled out disinfectant wipes and wiped down our tables and our seats while talking about the fact that we have small kids at home. And then we cheersed with emergency. And then we took elderberry supplements. And then we helped each other zip into our plastic suits so we could take a nap. You know, in... I felt heard and seen. Yeah. I felt I had a buddy. Sounds like a restful, restful, <laughs> friendly trip. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm always scared. I have a four-year-old, and if you have a young kid, your entire life is germs. Yeah. Yeah, they're just No, little... you're basically, you, you, you are constantly ingesting the snot of all your kids' friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what, do you do anything? Are you washing your hands? What are you doing? Are you boiling no, yourself? No, I'm not washing yeah. my hands no, or anything. No, he's very strong. He's very strong. No, I, I, have, I haven't really changed my behavior. Just going to leave it at that. Okay, you know how I roll hygiene-wise. Guys, we have an amazing guest on our show. We have musician Dan Deacon. Yes. Dan Deacon has collaborated with the New York City Ballet, and he's going to be here with us at a bar in Brooklyn. How far you have fallen, Dan Deacon. His music is very layered, and it crosses genres. It occupies the space in between, like, electro, pop, and indie rock. It's kind of like Death Cab for Skrillex. (laughs) Uh, Dan's interests, so we do a lot of research on our guest, and his interests include Lord of the Rings, the board game Settlers of Catan, uh, the movie Total Recall, and Twin Peaks. I actually had to print out a picture of him and staple it to my script to make sure I was interviewing him and literally not just any one of our listeners. (laughs) It's perfect. We also have a game about WebMD. I will admit, I I have Googled my problems. In a desperate moment, I Googled how to cure disappointment. Yep, and what came back was mostly things about how to cure salmon properly to avoid disappointment. And I gotta tell you, I felt better. All right, let's play some games. Our first game is about diseases and hip-hop. It's the intersection between sick and sick. Let's meet our contestants. First up, Danya Schreeder. You research artificial intelligence at Columbia University. Danya, your current goal is to have better internet. What does that mean? It's not faster internet. Yeah. It's that I was meandering on the internet. I had like no real sites I went to or anything. So I got on Twitter for the first time in 2020. Now I follow like interesting things and I'm getting like actual links and like fun animal facts. Fun animal facts? Yeah. Okay, what's a good one? Um, apparently scientists still haven't seen eels spawn together. They swim all the way out to the sea in the Caribbean, and that's, like, where they mate. And no one's seen it. Not scientists. Well, it's private. That's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's amazing. Now I have a new goal, so thank you. <laughs> Danya, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Elizabeth Filipovich. You recently got your master's in public health. Yes. And speaking of health... You once biked at a soul cycle class next to Michelle Obama. Yes. All right. 
So were you nervous or were you um, competitive? Yeah, I was sobbing the entire time. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> uh, it Seriously? Was New- yeah, yeah, it was New Year's Day 2017, and the instructor was like, we made it through 2016, we're going to make it through 2017. And like next to Michelle Obama, I was weeping. And <laughs> like, it was, um, yeah, she was beautiful. She tapped it back like no other. Like, <laughs> Elizabeth, when you ring in, we'll hear this. This word game is called WebMC. We've mashed up rap and hip-hop artists with medical conditions you might look up on WebMD. (laughs) Let's go to Jonathan Colton for an example. So if we said, perhaps this artist performed no time and not tonight because of trouble performing in the bedroom, you would answer, Lil Kimpotence. (laughs) Mashing up Lil Kim and impotence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's really how we are starting the show. Okay. After releasing To Pimp a Butterfly and winning the Pulitzer Prize for Music, this elderly 32-year-old artist developed rheumatoid joint inflammation. Danya. Kendrick Lamarthritis? Yes! Actually, the response to that is, damn! (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to walk eight miles when you're in recovery after suffering this artery blockage. Elizabeth. Oh, I blanked. Um, Eminem. Eminem myocardial infarction. (laughs) (laughs) Just give her the point. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's a heart attack. it's a heart it's attack. It's a heart yeah. attack. I don't know if that is that going to count as a maybe what did we not. Say? It's artery fine. blockage. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll accept that. We'll accept that. <laughs> this Atlanta artist's hits include "Whatever You Like" and "Live Your Life." On his reality show, The Family Hustle, with his wife Tiny, he disclosed this intestinal disorder that can cause pain, bloating, and constipation. Elizabeth. T I B S. <laughs> yeah, T I B S is correct. The musician behind This Is America goes by his real name, Donald Glover, when he visits the doctor to treat this problem resulting from dry nasal membranes. Elizabeth. Childish Gambino (laughs) is the artist. Um, I'm I'm thinking of otolaryngitis, but I feel like that's not the right answer considering my track record. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. You work in the health space. This You could just go all, um, all the time with this. No, I think I'm out. Okay. Danya, can you steal? Childish Gambino's dryness. I feel, I feel like it, it's, it's close. You're going you're gonna to take that? Yeah. Nose dryness? <laughs> okay, that's okay, the ruling. Yeah, sure. We, had the, we were actually looking for nosebleed. <laughs> See, even you don't think we should take it now. Yeah, it's close enough. It's close enough. It, listen, it's no myocardial infarction. <laughs> that's right. All right, you will be relieved to hear this is your last clue. <laughs> His mixtape was called Coloring Book, but this Chicago artist is concerned with a very adult problem that might be treated with a little blue pill. Elizabeth. Chance the Rapper. And... Adult problem that might be treated with a little... Yeah, I just can't think of the word for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Lucky you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm out. Okay, I'm I'm going to go to Danya. Danya, do you know the answer? Chance the rapper a tile dysfunction? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> Great game, and Danya is in the lead. This next game is about musicals based on historic events like the assassination of Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> We'll play a snippet from a musical. You just tell us what real person, place, or event from history is being sung about. 
Danya, stay in the lead and you're in the final round. Elizabeth, you need to get more points or we will replace your cat with James Corden. <laughs> Here we go. What are these poor dopes so excited about in this musical about a disaster in 1912? Elizabeth. The Titanic. That is correct, yes. In the musical Annie, what president are these people blaming for the loss of their wealth during the Great Depression? You left behind a grateful nation. So have our hats are off to you. We got no turkey for a stuffing. Why don't we stop you? <laughs> Elizabeth. Herbert Hoover. That is correct, yeah. Sucked up all the money. Okay, who is being sung about in this clip from Ragtime? (laughs) Elizabeth. Henry Ford. Yeah, that's correct. Henry Ford. Ooh, do you think there's going to be a Ford versus Ferrari musical? There's totally going to be a fl- yeah. All right, this is your last clue. What's being fought about in this song from 1776? Mr. Adams, I say you should write it. To your legal mind and brilliance we defer. Is that so? Well, if I'm the one to do it, they'll run their quill pens through it. I'm obnoxious and disliked, you know that, sir. Yes, I know. But I say you should write it. Franklin, yes, you. Donya. The Declaration of Independence. That is correct, yeah. All right, great game. Uh, both of you are amazing. Those were two really hard games. So uh, well done, both of you. And looks like after two games, Elizabeth is going to the final round. Do you have what it takes to be an Ask Me Another contestant? Prove it. Go to amatickets.org to apply. Coming up, I'll talk to electro-pop musician and composer Dan Deacon and challenge him to a game about board games. Forget astrology. You know exactly who you are by the Monopoly piece you choose. You may think you're a thimble, but you're a top hat. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. With the year halfway over, therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. If you're thinking about trying therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com NPR today to get 10% off your first month. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands, but because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit com slash NPR and save an additional $200. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. It's time for our special guest. He's a composer and musician. His latest album, Mystic Familiar, is out now. Please welcome Dan Deacon. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being part of it. 
You're a composer. You make electropop. When, so when people think of EDM, for example, they think Skrillex and Daft Punk and, and Dead Mouse. You cross genres, but how did you even get into this genre of music? What, what brought you there? I hate to exercise. <laughs> yes. And um, my family had a computer. What kind of computer was it? One of those, like, beige computers. Remember computers were beige? Yes, they were all beige. You know what I'm talking about? It was a beige computer. And like they my, weren't black, they were not white. No, they were yet beige. beige, tan, beige, khakis were in. My dad bought it off of like a friend, and like it had this like custom boot-up screen. He bought it for his pest control company. But for some reason, it had this MIDI program on it, and I, I didn't know what MIDI was. If you're not familiar with MIDI, it's a protocol for writing electronic music and mm-hmm. sending information to synthesizers. Mm-hmm. I just fell in love with it. You just kept going with it. And, you know, you do something that sets you apart from other musicians in this genre. And I'm just wondering, when, when you went to live EDM shows, did you watch them and think, there's something missing here, there's an opportunity? I started making electronic music, again, it was with a beige computer, um, not a laptop. And there was, this was kind of like 2001, 2002, when, like, IDM, the, like, arrogant uncle of EDM was like emerging and every show at the knitting factory were like four people being like I got this custom made laptop and now I'm gonna stand here for 40 minutes and play esoteric sounds that aren't enjoyable to listen to while standing (laughs) and so you'd stand there for 40 minutes and be like I can't dance to this Uh, doesn't sound good in this room there's nothing to watch I hate this. Right. And then I would go home and be like, time for me to make some electronic music. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so I started thinking there has to be, like, theater to the performance. If you're going to put something on stage, there should be something to watch. You, you go into your audience and you, you put them to work. I try to make the show as comfortable as possible, so that way when it does become like, okay, now we're going to do basically, like, uh, summer camp activities for the next two and a half hours... It isn't, like, a grueling punishment. Yeah. And you also don't have to do it. Like, I'm going to throw magicians under the bus here, but I think magicians... They require <laughs> really wish they were like some, boo, don't start talking about magicians. Magicians do a lot of damage to the art form that is audience participation. Um, so that's why I'm very anti-magic, anti-magicians at all. <laughs> Uh, well, I think a lot of people hear audience participation, and they're like, oh, my God, you're going to make fun of me, well, and that's everyone's exactly. going to, oh, my God. And, like, that's the last thing I want. I, and it, the oldest one is a, a dance contest where I just ask people to make a clearing in the room, and I pick two people, and if they don't want to do it, I ask them to pick other people. And the reason I started this is I was playing a show. I can't remember. It was called um, The Apocalypse Lounge. And it was somewhere in the Lower East Side, And I'd never played a good show in New York. Like, everything had been, like, friends of friends or the other bands or just the promoter being like, we could just both go home right now. (laughs) Um, So the show is... (laughs) Anyone who's ever played music knows exactly the show I'm talking about. Being like, I'm good if you're good, right? Who wants to call it? Um, So I'm playing this show, and it's... I mean, granted, it's smaller than this stage, but it is packed, like, illegally packed. And it's in this basement, and it's, it's for the first time, it's working, and the power goes out. Um, I'm like, no, but it's just the power on the PA system, not on the one light bulb in the center of the room. <laughs> and I know if everyone goes upstairs, they're going to go to the bar, they're not going to come back down, it's just, it's not going to happen, the set's over. Yeah. So I just start rambling. It's like, I right, make a circle, make a circle. Uh, what are gonna do? You're gonna dance like if Jurassic Park was Bart Simpson, and like, and I'm just like, we have to keep the momentum going. So I'm just stalling for time, rambling about this dance contest. Eventually, they get the PA on, and it worked. And now the audience, for some reason, there was no stage, and no one could see me. At that point, everyone was still facing the same direction. But for the rest of the show, everyone was looking towards the center of the room. And I was like, this is how I will one day own a home. Um, (laughs) That's kind of where I'm at. That's fantastic. Uh, Yeah, well, you know, a lot of time has passed between you on the beige computer 
on your new album, Mystic Familiar, you, you sing with your natural singing voice. You know, you don't normally do much of that. A lot of times you're using pitch modulators mm-hmm. uh, and different ways to distort your voice. So what, what pushed you to make that decision? I used to be really into absolute music, music that had no meaning and it was just to be listened to for its uh, aesthetic value and just for the, the texture or the rhythm or the melody. But I was like, all right, the voice carries this it's this instrument that can do something that no other instrument, like if trombones could have like lyrical content, I would definitely be like, Oh, these trombones got to, you know, be singing. Yeah. But for some reason with my own voice, I was like, no one shall ever hear it. (laughs) And I just wanted to, I don't know. I was feeling really emotionally raw and very vulnerable. And like, uh, I was just like, I really wanted to write a song that was just piano and vocals, uh, because I don't play the piano and I don't sing. Perfect. I was like, this would be great for my career. Dan, before the show, you told us that you're into board games, specifically Settlers of Catan, and a game called Cave Evil. You it's a board game. The, I'll break down the full game mechanic. Just, yeah, um, give, so me, you, give you, me three hot points. You are an evil necromancer, and you are in the pit of eternal darkness. <laughs> that sounds so and fun. And what you want to do is to build squads of creatures, large, small, and medium, to do battle against other necromancers to kill them so you can rule this pit of ultimate shadow. But, here's the kicker. If you don't do it in, an, in uh, a certain period of time, yeah. the ultimate evil emerges and the whole game shifts and you have to defeat the ultimate evil. And so, you can play this game for eight hours and the game wins and no one wins. The game wins. The game can win. So, okay, so for your quiz, as we know... Some board games are exciting. They are, have topics like space, travel, fantasy, war, exciting stuff. And some are mundane, and they build on topics like real estate. Yes. This quiz is called Fun Game, Boring Theme. I'll describe a board game. You tell me if it's one of the top 100 board games, according to the users on BoardGameGeek.com, or a fake game we made up. And if you do well enough, listener Holly Peterson from Somerville, South Carolina, will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Holly, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no. All right, here's your first one. Become an ornithologist in this scientifically accurate game where your goal is to use worms and berries to attract the best birds to your aviary or nature preserve. That's a real game. That is a real game called Wingspan. Of course I knew that. Have you played it? No, but before I... Uh, came on this show. I watched Salvador Dali on What's My Line? And his strategy was to say yes to everything. (laughs) Ask me another. You got it. Live your dream working for utility like Con Ed or PG&E. Buy power plants and build the best infrastructure to win. And because it's a board game, you can still play if the actual power goes out. I actually know this is a real game. Yeah, that's right. Power Grid. Power grid. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Real game. Not as an enthusiastic crowd response for Power Grid. People are like, bird game. Bird game sounds pretty cool. Yeah, bird game. <laughs> well, Utility bill game. That does not sound Not fun, fun at all. Yeah, you just mentioned Con Ed and everyone gets very mm. sad. They're like, ugh. You won't want to move like a snail in this game about snail mail. Players are delivered random assortments of letters, and then they race in real time to sort out the junk mail. You lose points for accidentally discarding paychecks and wedding invitations. I'm going to regret this, but I'm going to say not a real game. Not a real game. That is a fake game. Yeah, nobody knows what mail is. All right, turn your sewing circle into an octagon of death in this cutthroat competition to make the best quilt. You'll be on pins and needles as you try to grab the best patches to finish your blanket. Patchwork, real. That is real patchwork, yeah. (laughs) To play your game. I've often, I've wanted to play this game, but I'm like, I should just learn how to quilt. (laughs) You can also play it on your phone. Whoa. Yeah, that's right. I have to go. (laughs) That's right. All right, compete to plan the best wedding on a shoestring budget. The choice is yours. Hire a DJ or use Spotify. Get a photographer or post an Instagram hashtag. Offer an open bar or just beer and wine. Fail and you'll be on the receiving end of a scathing Yelp review. Zola is not a game. I'm going to go with not real. <laughs> it's not real. Not real. Not real. 
There are wedding-themed games. They're usually more upbeat. However, I found that there is Divorce the Game. That is a board game. Uh, it simulates all the fun of a divorce, including lawyers, child custody, alimony, and tax fraud. <laughs> Last clue. Okay. The villagers demand flax. Oh, no. This one's going to be thousands of games. You are their only hope. Play as a flax farmer in this game that takes place over four and a half years. Help relieve the fiber-deprived townspeople, and you could unblock the path to victory. Wow, this copy is brilliant. I'm going with not real. That's real. It's a real game. Yes. It's called Fields of Arla. And this is one of the top 100 games. Yes. It also features... It's about getting enough fiber. It, yeah. It, it feed, I have some details. It features a textile house based on a real shop run by the game designer's mother and grandfather. Had you said that, I would have known this <laughs> was a real game. Know, of course. What is that game called? It's called Fields of Arla. Fields of Arla. Yeah, that's about flax. But guess what? You did well enough. Holly Peterson and you have won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cubes. Congratulations. All right, thank you. Dan thank you very Dan will be back later to play another game in the show, but right now, give it up for Dan Deacon, everybody. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next two contestants will play a game about sibling rivalries. Not every sibling pair can be as functional as the sisters in Fleabag. <laughs> Let's meet them. <laughs> First up, Molly Rubin, you're a video journalist, but you say the longest year of your life was spent being a PA on a true crime show. Indeed. <laughs> true crime all the time. All right. What were, kind of, what were a few of the things that you had to do that made it uh, the longest year? Oh, gosh. All sorts of things. When yeah. you go into the murder business, I had to, you know, pick up convicted felons from the airport, get them coffee, ask what they would, you know, prefer to eat and hang out with them all day. Yeah. I had to look at crime scene photos oh. and order them from least gory to most gory. It oh my was goodness. quite a lot. Probably the most interesting thing that I had to do as part of this was I was the main actress in all of the recreations. <laughs> so <laughs> I think acting is a generous term, but I had to source, you know, like 70s, like nightgowns and moo-moos, and then pretend to be a murder victim in a cold field in New Jersey in the middle of the night, rolling around as they pretend I'm being tortured and murdered. So I didn't even occur to me that they are, you know, PAs and et cetera, who are working just on the show. Yeah, passion for murder. <laughs> okay, so when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Daniel Varghese. You're a writer specifically for tech and lifestyle products for GQ. All right, have you come across any good gadgets recently that have changed your life? No, all gadgets are bad. Really? <laughs> oh, so bad. It, like, tech is the worst thing in the world. I, I, it, is, it is just a disaster. What people think... People who make tech have no idea what real people want. Yeah. Um, and so everything that they make is just a bizarre... Like, it, it, it seems like it comes from, like, the world from Stranger Things, where it's just like, they're like, what you want is a phone that the, the old... And, like, and it's just... They, nobody wants it. I can't it's, wait to read your column. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's written in this voice. It is? Like just yeah. scathing yeah. reviews about how no piece of technology understands what humans need. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Daniel, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Remember, Molly and Daniel, whoever has more points after two games will go to the final round. Siblings. Sometimes they fight, sometimes they take the gloves off. In this trivia game called Sibling Rivalries, every answer is a famous pair of siblings and will deliver the clues as if they were in a boxing match. Here we go. Prepare for the fracas of the rackets. They're siding up to their corners on piles of medals. Do we see a few Olympic gold ones in there? We do. They're ready to deliver a Wimbledon whacking. Daniel. The Williams sisters. That is correct. Yes, Venus and Serena Williams. In this corner, a hot Australian who survived the Avengers franchise. In this corner, another hot Australian who survived the Hunger Games franchise. Molly. Hemsworth? Hemsworth? That's right. Chris and Liam Hemsworth. Mm -hmm. You got to know there's a third brother who works in a warehouse yeah. or something. There is. His name is Luke, I believe. Luke? Yeah. 
coming down from Brokeback Mountain, this contender might seem Mysterio, but he's no match for the deuce. She may look like the kindergarten teacher or secretary, but his sister is a twister. Daniel. Franco? Sorry, that is incorrect. Molly, can you steal? Gyllenhaal? That is correct. Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal. That's good. Don't let the Brotherhood 2.0 facade fool you. Behind their chummy YouTube personas, these guys are out for complete, mutually assured annihilation. Blame the fault in our stars, but it will be an absolutely remarkable thing if these vloggers get out of the ring without vlogging each other senseless. Daniel. John and Hank Green. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) Yeah. They're the modern-day Bronte sisters. (laughs) That's really kind. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Scary, right? Sad. Maybe sad. (laughs) Choosing a winner in this match is harder than finding out you've been living in a computer simulation. With both of these opponents showing off speed racer moves, they're stoking a vendetta for the ages. Oh. Cohen Brothers. Daniel, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. <laughs> Molly, can you steal? Uh, brother, writer, directors, Duffer Brothers? I'm sorry, also incorrect. We were looking for the Wachowskis. Uh, yeah. Lana and Lily Wachowski. Uh, brothers, the Wachowski brothers, because their birth names were Larry and Andrew, but actually the Wachowskis are both trans women, Lana and Lily. And they have done The Matrix, Cloud Atlas. They are incredible. We're seeing the clash of the quarterbacks tonight, folks. In one corner, this MVP is snorting like a Bronco and brandishing a brass knuckle made out of Super Bowl rings. Is that even legal? And in the other corner, another MVP with another brass knuckle of Super Bowl rings. It's going to take more than a beanstalk to bring down this giant. Daniel. Manning. Yeah, that's right. Peyton and Eli Manning. Our one football clue, everyone. There you go. There you go. All right, this is your last clue. Buzzing from the hive. This queen is dousing the lemonade and ready to keep it fierce against the solo star. And I think her sister is yelling, wait when I get home. This match is going to rival the crater in the elevator. Beyonce and Solange Knowles. That is correct. Yes. Okay, Great game. It is a tie, everybody. Coming up, Dan Deacon returns to play another game. He's a composer, so naturally his game is about decomposition. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor KeyBank. At KeyBank, they believe in delivering for their clients. Whatever the economic turn, KeyBank is primed to collaborate and help create solutions tailored to your ideas and your vision. With nearly 200 years of banking experience, they know a lot about being a trusted advisor. And whether you're managing growth, seeking solutions, or improving your bottom line, KeyBank is ready to be yours. KeyBank opens doors. Learn more at key.com slash advisor. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Molly and Daniel. Our next game involves numbers. They're like letters, but they go on forever. Molly, you and your fiancé love museums, and you have a goal right now to see all of the Met, because someone said it is impossible to see all of the Met. And I said, I take you on that challenge. Yeah. And not only am I seeing all of the rooms, I'm doing it in numerical order, which is an incredibly difficult task. It's been about two years. Two years? I have modern art and 19th century European paintings left. Yeah, I feel like there is a common thing people go to the Met, they're like, Temple of Dendor, mm-hmm. or whatever, like, and then they're out, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I think the first time I ventured downstairs and I was like, Frank Lloyd Wright lives here? 
Daniel, you are chess obsessed. Yeah, sure. But it, it's yeah. a new thing. It's, an, it's a new thing. So with all new obsessions, it's burning bright right now. Yeah, like, how long have you been uh, playing chess? Well, I mean, I played in, in elementary school, okay. and I was horrible. And then I stopped, which is what you do when you're bad at a thing. You sure. just you're kind like of enough. give up. Uh, and then I, I was just hanging out with a friend, and there was a chess table nearby like a year and a half ago. And we picked it up, and I like crushed him. Like I obliterated this man like I, I i we played three games and i won like so handily that i started playing online and immediately started getting crushed again okay um, which has been great actually it's been like nice to kind of try to grow as a person and also study and get better yeah. slowly your next game is a music parody game called by the numbers win this game and you're in the final round if you lose your number is up we changed the lyrics of songs with a number in the title and made them about things related to that number So guess the thing that I'm singing about, and if you're correct for a bonus point, you can name the original song or the artist who made it famous. You ready? Sure. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. Start with any note, babe. A, B, C, or D. Find a higher note, babe. This doubled up frequency. C, D, E, F, G, A. The span between these notes, babe, is called a what? Molly. A musical scale? Mm, That's a fine guess. That's not what we were looking for. Daniel, do you know know the answer? Is it a a whole step? (laughs) Also not what we were looking for. (laughs) We were looking for octave. Oh. Oh. Because, of course, the song is... It's eight eight days days a a week. week, Yeah, that's right. No points for either of you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Bummer. Here's your next one. A little due process feels so nice. You're my favorite part of the Bill of Rights. Self-incrimination makes me blue. But I don't have to testify thanks to you. Molly. The Fifth Amendment? Yeah, that's correct. Fifth (laughs) Amendment. Uh, For a bonus point, can you name the original song or artist? Mambo number five. Yeah, that's right. Lubega. Here's your next one. When I sing these lyrics, your ossicles quiver So you can hear what I said They're named for the shapes of the tools they resemble They vibrate inside of your head Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Daniel. Is it a, a synapse? Uh, hmm. That's a good guess, but that's incorrect. Molly, do you know the answer? I feel like you're talking about nose hairs, but I don't know the number that goes with nose hair. Like how many nose hairs <laughs> yeah, the average person has? <laughs> I don't know. No, everybody has the same have? number of nose hairs. <laughs> you didn't know that? You're, you're, born, you're born with the same number of nose hairs that you die with. Did <laughs> yeah, you know right. that? It's actually just one hair. It it's goes just, in and out. It's very long. Uh, it's actually not nose hairs. We were looking for uh, the bones of the middle ear. Oh. All right. That's not a number. <laughs> yeah, what's the well, number? There are, don't, guys, don't yell at me. Uh, there are three bones in the middle ear, and uh, that was three times a lady by the Commodores. <laughs> Okay. I'm gonna see them all. Always keep my telescope pointing up at Ursa Major, y'all. It's a curved handle on a giant cup. Molly. Constellations. Can you be more specific? Uh, the Big Dipper? Yeah, Big yeah. Dipper. That's what we're looking for. Uh, can you name the original song or artist? Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. That's right. And there are seven stars in the constellation of the Big Dipper. Like this game totally makes sense, even if you guys think it doesn't. But I like it when we work together. Yeah, it's good. It's good. We're putting on a show. It's great. We'll lead you. Here's your next one. My language skills are strong. In second grade, I wrote a poem. Five, seven, five. It was just three lines long, but in Japanese, just to show them. Five, seven, five. Molly. 
haiku. A haiku, that is correct. Yeah. For a bonus point, can you name the song or artist? Uh, Fleetwood Mac. I'm blanking on the name. I'm sorry, it's technically it is not Fleetwood oh, Mac. Oh, is it Stevie Nicks? It is Stevie Nicks, and that's called The Edge of 17. For the 17 syllables in a haiku. Mm-hmm. Such a relief when someone says, can I read you some of my poetry? And you're like, uh-uh. And they're like, it's a haiku. You're like, all right. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm a match for you. My antibodies fine for a transfusion. I'm an A, not O, or B, or A, B. So there's no confusion. Molly. Blood type. Blood types, that's right. For a bonus point, can you name the song or artist? Slave for You by Britney Spears. Yeah, you got it. Four basic blood types, and there's a number four in the title of the song. It's good. Just to uh, let you know the consistency of the game making sense. <laughs> See? 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 <laughs> All right, this is your last clue. The answer is there inside your wallet, I would guess. That stack of crisp Ulysses grants that you possess. Yes, it's a large denomination. I'm impressed, but won't you please just pay for your kombucha? Daniel. Is it a $50 bill? It certainly is. You're correct. Mm-hmm. Bonus point if you can name the song or artist. I don't know the song. (laughs) 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover? Yeah, that's right, Molly. 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover by Paul Simon. Great game, both of you. Fantastic. And after two games, Molly is going to our final round. The final round is coming up, but first it's time for us to play a game with our special guest. Please welcome back to the stage, Dan Deacon, everybody. I left and came back. (laughs) So, Dan, the music video for your song, Sat by a Tree, it's a time-lapse video of our friend, comedian Aparna Nanchurla, her body decaying into the earth. Yes, it is. Uh, okay, a friend of yours, how did you decide that Aparna should play this part? Uh, that's a great question. I met Aparna at Max FunCon, yeah. which is like a, a wonderful collection of nerds that I go to every year. I tend to DJ the party. And Aparna did a set and immediately fell in love with the set. And I feel like Aparna's delivery and her cadence and her facial expressions are so vital to the, her performance. And luckily, immediately was like, sure, yeah, a bunch of bugs. Sounds good. <laughs> That's great. Inspired by your video for Sat by a Tree and your love of audience participation, we're going to play a special edition of our game, Wisdom of the Crowd. It's called Decomposition Competition. So before the show, we asked our audience to estimate how long various things take to decay. Please know this. Super fun. And then we averaged together their guesses, and I'm going to ask you the same questions, and we're going to find out who came closer, you or the crowd. According to Popular Mechanics, approximately how many weeks does it take for a banana peel to decompose when thrown on the ground? Oh, God. Wouldn't it be different in, like, a humid environment instead of an arid environment? True. Okay, we are going with an average environment. Okay. (laughs) That's good to know. That's good to know. Um, Well, I don't know anything about this, so I'm going to say six weeks. Okay. Very good answer. The audience guessed 30 weeks. (laughs) The real answer is 104 weeks. What? Bananas? I know. Although they decompose. We gotta stop these bananas. (laughs) So they decompose quickly in compost, but if they are just on the ground, it takes much longer. And park rangers around the world have asked hikers to not discard banana peels and apple cores just on the path for this reason. I said six. <laughs> it takes a long time. There's a lot. So of... it's a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I guess it does for a hundred and four two years. That's two years. Exactly. See, I would measure that in two years, not 104 weeks. Well, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. How about this one? 
According to NASA, how many billions of years will it take for the sun to exhaust its nuclear fuel and turn into a white dwarf? How many billions of years for just the sun, our little old sun? Just the little old sun. This is according to NASA, too, right? I'm going to so go with, uh, didn't work out so well for me last time, but I'm going to go with six weeks. <laughs> okay, good answer. Thank you. The audience said 10 billion years. That is a pretty big difference. So the audience thinks the sun has 10 billion years left. I could still be closer. You said six weeks. Six weeks. The answer is 6.5 billion years. No, they got me there. A it was little, close, though, it was to close. be fair. It was close. All right. This is your last one. In 2018, a writer for the online magazine, The Outline, conducted a non-scientific study. Into My the, kind of study. <laughs> yes. Into the lifespan of internet memes. Mm-hmm. So according to his findings, how many months did it take for an average meme to fade from popularity and flatline on Google? trying to think of what memes have come and gone. You know, I think we're all getting a little wistful thinking about all the memes in our lives that are no longer... I mean, the one... The memes we should have liked, we haven't liked recently. Maybe we should have liked them. Uh, All right. Well, this Um, is very lighthearted. It's a non-science. Six weeks. Six weeks. (laughs) The audience guessed that it takes 4.625 months. (laughs) And the answer is four months. Four months. Wait, this is according to the non-scientific study? Yes, it's, okay. a, it's a writer from the online magazine. Six weeks. The, <laughs> you did great. Thank you, I've Dan, got none of those fantastic. right. Dan's new album, Mystic Familiar, is out now, and he kicks off his North American tour later this month. Give it up for Dan Deacon, everybody. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Elizabeth Filipovich, who soul-cycled next to Michelle Obama, and Molly Rubin, who, as a production assistant on a true crime show, had to put photos in order from least to most gory. All right, Elizabeth and Molly, you need to be smart and strategic to win our grand prize, which is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Dan Deacon. The first contestant to bank eight points wins. There are multiple categories. Each category has four clues. Each clue is worth one point. Your first category is two timers. Who won it twice? And the first clue is always a toss-up. So ring in to answer. She won the Grammy for Album of the Year for the albums 21 and 25. Elizabeth. Adele. That is correct. All right, Elizabeth. You have one point. Uh, and control of the category. To keep going and earn up to three more points, just say, ask me another. But the risk is, if you miss a clue, your opponent can steal control of the category and all the points you haven't banked. So what will it be? Ask me another. He won the Pulitzer Prize for Drama, for Fences, and the Piano Lesson. August Wilson? That is correct. What do you want to do? Ask me another. This country won the FIFA Men's World Cup in 1998 and 2018. Spain. Sorry, that is incorrect. Molly, if you know the answer to this question, you will steal Elizabeth's two points and take control. Germany? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. The answer is France. Mm, okay, so Molly that. was unable to steal those two points. Stay with you, Elizabeth. You are now in the lead two to zero. Okay, here's your next category. It's economics. Ring into answer. With Frederick Ingalls, he wrote The Communist Manifesto. Elizabeth. Karl Marx. That is correct. What would you like to do? I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Playing it safe. All right, banking that one point. You're now ahead three to zero. Your next category is Chew Some Gum. Ring in. Halitosis is the technical term for this condition. Molly. Bad breath. That is correct. What would you like to do? Ask me another. Pike Place Market Theater Wall is famously covered in used chewing gum. It is located in this city. Seattle. That is correct. Ask me another. This chewing gum brand is represented by a rainbow zebra named Yipes. Double bubble? Sorry, that is incorrect, Elizabeth. Fruit stripe? That is correct. Okay, you stole two points, and you got a point for that answer. You now have three and control of the category. What would you like to do, Elizabeth? There's one clue left in this category. 
Okay, I'm good. <laughs> okay, banking those three points, you now have six. Your next category is dead Google products. Ring in. In 2011, Google took down its online version of this reference. Competitors include the OED and Merriam-Webster. Elizabeth. Dictionary? That is correct. All right, Elizabeth, you are within striking distance of victory. If you get this next one correct, you will win the game. Okay. (laughs) We're all very excited. What would you like to do? You can make a choice, though. You can. Oh, oh, right, right. Ask me another. Sorry. <laughs> this symbol is found in the name of one of Google's failed social networks and in the names of Disney and Apple's TV streaming services. Plus. That is correct. Congratulations, Elizabeth. You are our big winner. Our podcast drops each Friday. Listen and subscribe. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to Thou Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Sean Gole, Madeline Kaplan, Mary Tobler, Emily Winter, and senior writer Karen Lurie, with additional material by Kate Villa. Ask Me Another is produced by Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Nancy Seychow, Ramel Wood, and our intern Nick Garrison. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Our bosses' bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by the masterful Damon Whittemore. Idea worth moment. Noriko Okabe. Kuki Baron. And David Hurtgen. And a huge thank you to Frank Bianco. Cobra Inc. fan. Rick Kwan. Warren Kick. Bill Moss. Lim Loss. Kristen Muller. Killer Sternum. And Jay Russo. Jury as so. We'd also like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm Harite Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, Washingtonians. Ask Me Another is hitting the road and heading to you. We will be live at the Lincoln Theater on Saturday, March 28th for an evening of comedy, trivia, word games, and a very special guest. You don't want to miss it. For tickets and more information, go to amatickets.org. Next time on Ask Me Another, we're in San Antonio, Texas with Texas troubadour Robert Earl Keane, and he walks us through his first forays into music, what it's like to play at Willie Nelson's Picnic, and his Americana podcast. Then it's Tex-Mex time as we play a game about unconventional guacamole recipes. So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Homes.com. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching, so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. Listen to the Shuffle podcast from IdeaStream Public Media. Shuffle is your backstage pass to Northeast Ohio's independent music scene. The region birds Devo and the Black Keys, and the area is still home to artists making music in an eclectic mix of genres. I'm your host, Amanda Rabinowitz. Discover independent music. Be inspired by the personal stories. Listen to the Shuffle podcast from the NPR Network and IdeaStream Public Media.